Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The definition of dreams, according to Webster's Dictionary, are the hopes, the aspirations, and the ambitions that each of us have. Then the vision, because we need to tie dreams and vision together, is a mental image produced by the imagination. Our imagination is pretty powerful. It is something that creates an image in front of us. Sometimes when we see the impossible with that image, that impossibility really takes over. It can drain the strength out of people because the image becomes so strong. Sometimes people have spoke things over us. Sometimes we have hit obstacles in our way that we're walking after God. And because we hit those obstacles, it makes you want to give up. There are some people when bad things happen to their family, they blame God and think, well, you know, if there really was a God, he would do this and this and this. But our faith has a huge factor in all these things. Now, that doesn't mean you go up to anybody and you try to rub something in their nose and say, you know, if you just had greater faith, you wouldn't be in the mess you're in. Listen, if you've got such great faith, you use yours to be able to help them. All throughout Scripture, there was places that people stood in the gap and prayed, and God never uses his word to condemn people. His word is always used to set people free. So in Romans chapter 4, let's look over in verse 13 through 16. We did this last time we were together, but we'll pick up here. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. For uh, where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. We talked a little bit about understanding what the law was. We know that Abraham had a moment where he had a relationship with God, that he had always known there was a God, but he didn't have any intimacy with him. And at that moment when God began to speak to him and tell him that he had a promise for him and that he needed to get out of his current situation and get ready to travel, get ready to go and to step into something brand new, Abraham was willing to say, yes, Lord. So many times God is waiting for us to say yes to him for new adventures that are in front of us. Oh, sometimes they look a little bit scary because we've never been in them before. Other times we can see the obstacles or the giants that are in front of us. And yet I want you to always remember that if God has told you that you need to go down this path, he knows how to get you down the path. He's not going to take you down a path so that some ogre can eat you. Okay, there aren't any ogres, but I was just wanting to make sure you're wide awake there here. The fact is that sometimes we see the obstacles and we think, I must have missed God. Now, you know, there is a chance we can miss God. We might misunderstand what he's saying. But if you know 
and you have a knowledge in your heart that you say, I know God spoke to me about this, then I want to challenge you tonight that you remember that Abraham didn't have circumcision in his flesh when he said yes to God, but his faith was accounted to him for righteousness. We know that later on, as he received the mark of circumcision in his body, and it was something that was passed on down the tradition, why was this so important? Well, in order for it to be a part of his body, when he came together with his wife as husband and wife, and they would produce children, this joining together was a physical sign of what they were expecting, that they were going to raise up a great generation of people for the Lord. You already have a mark on you today because the Spirit of God lives in you. And every time you do something, that mark goes out into the spirit realm. Listen, the enemies, Satan, demonic forces, they cannot stand it that you know the promises of God. And so every time you speak the promises of God, they shudder a little bit more. I wonder if they really believe that. You know, they're quoting the word, but maybe they don't believe it keep speaking the word. That's why these promises are there. So that just like the Jews that followed all the rules that were given to them, and yet many of them accepted Christ when he was here upon the earth and made him their Lord and Savior as he rose from the dead, but there were still many that rejected it and didn't want anything to do with him. And as time would go along, they would begin to persecute the church. Some people today have a a way of saying, you know, how do you really know what's right? Well, how do you really know what's true? That's why we have to go back to the Bible. Isn't it interesting? Now, in some places they don't do this anymore, but this is just something from my message for Sunday morning. When people would go into a court of law and they would have to swear or they would have to make a vow, you know the reason that they would put their hand on the Bible was because they had to swear by something that was greater than them. Now, in our world today where we're taking down statues of the Ten Commandments and taking down plaques in courthouses and all these other kind of things, there are many people that don't believe at all in the sovereignty of God's Word. But we know that His Word was given by divine inspiration. So that when you and I lay our hands on that, if we ever go into a courtroom and they're asking, do you promise to tell the truth? We are swearing that we believe that something much greater will judge our words. That's to keep you from lying. That's to keep you from making up a story because you know that God is greater. So the faith of Abraham was something that changed the history of all of his family, changed the history for the Jews. In the law, we understand that there was a way of pointing out this is wrong, this is what you're not supposed to do, and this is what you are to do. Take a look down in verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now that is faith talk right there. That is faith talk that begins to speak out, gives life to the dead. Aren't you glad Jesus rose from the dead? Muhammad did not raise from the dead. Confucius did not raise from the dead. Their remains are still buried here some place on the earth. All the other man-made religions and things out there, none of them teach of the resurrection. If you're going to witness to a Muslim, you need to know that they don't believe in the resurrection. 
but they also believe that something will happen at some point down the way in the future and that they will have some kind of a divine meeting that will take place. Now, when I think about the resurrection, I'm talking about not only will your spirits go before God, because Muslims believe if they have done certain things and they're in a holy war, that they will receive certain gifts from God and they'll stand before him. But see, we believe in a resurrection that is much more than just our spirit soul. We believe, just like the series we taught on with the rapture and the second coming, we believe that even our bodies are going to be transformed. Do you know nobody else teaches that? That's why it's important to understand the spirit, soul, body ideas, that you are a spirit. You have a soulish area, your mind, your emotions, your will, and you live in this body. And God sees it so valuable that he makes sure you understand that in the end, every part of you is going to be redeemed. So he gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Sometimes people get it mixed up. They say it backwards. Calling the things that exist as though they don't. Now that would be something like this. Let's say you have a, a terrible cough. <coughs> oh, you sound like you have a terrible cough. Nope, wasn't me. <coughs> uh, no, that wasn't me. Everybody would be sitting looking at you and saying, you have a terrible cough. So in other words, you're saying faith is speaking lies. It can't be that. Faith does not lie for us. What does it say? He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. If you're fighting sickness, what are you believing for? You're believing for healing. If you're under an attack within your finances and lack is trying to take over, you begin to thank God that he's your provider. There's so many different things. It's truly simple by putting it this way. When we pray, we pray the answers. If you don't have a job, you pray something like this. Father, I thank you that I have a good job. I thank you that it has all the benefits that I need. I thank you that it has a 401k, a 601b, and a 503s. I don't know what those are, but if you need them, pray them. Hallelujah, they'll come. The simple fact is you have to be speaking what you're believing. It doesn't take any faith to believe for the problem. Oh, woe is me. I have so much trouble. Oh, woe, woe, woe. There is no faith in that. Faith is believing that the woe that you're in will not be the place that you stay. That the troubles you have will not be the final solution in your life. But a lot of people get stuck down in the woes. They get stuck down there and they don't see any light that's above them. Please know this. When you speak in faith, you're going to be speaking completely contrary to everybody in this world. You go to work tomorrow... And let's say you cough. Now, here's what people will say. Oh, you must be catching a cold. I've said this for 30 years. And so you that have heard it for 30 years, just put up with me for a little bit longer. Who in their right mind wants to catch a cold? Runny nose, sore throat, the diarrhea. I mean, we could go on and on and on, huh? Oh, sickness, flu, cold, all the rest. Why would you want to catch that? I want to catch a healing. 
Well, that's so weird. Nobody talks that way. Amen. That's why we need to. But everybody will think I'm strange. You start telling people that you believe you're going to heaven because Jesus is your Lord, they're already going to think you're strange. You start saying, my sins have been forgiven, my past is under the blood, and my God has a plan for me. And they're going to look at you and say, who do you think you are? People are not going to like it that you start having a confidence in your life because they are surrounded by disgusting garbage in this world. So next time you start coughing, just have a little fun at work and see what people do. You start coughing and you go, Whoo, man, I'm catching a healing. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed according to 1 Peter 2.24. First who what? What a witnessing opportunity you have there. Yeah, but pastor, they're going to expect me to get better. Well, you know, you should too. You don't just say these things to say words. You've got to have your faith out there. And before you know it, when people say things because the weather's changing, furnaces are being kicked on, buildings are being closed up from where there was fresh air coming in from the outside, and some people will say things like this, you know, I'm just about ready to catch my fall cold. I get one every year, and it seems to stay with me for six weeks to a month. And they're ready for it. I've got all the cough drops at home, got the nose drops, got the ear drops, got this kind of drops. We've got it all ready because we always get our fall, fall cold. Well, I would like to propose this year that instead of letting your fall cold stay around, you do something like this and you start rebuking it in the name of Jesus, thanking God that he's your healer. And if it used to stay for a full week, let's only let it stay for three or four days. Oh, but pastor, I, I, I don't want it gone right now. Amen, me too. But that means you've got to build your faith up. You've got to get started. So don't get discouraged if something doesn't disappear that very first moment. But allow this to start happening, that your faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so when everybody starts talking about their winter cold or the flu, did you have your flu shot yet? You know, if you don't have your flu shot, you're going to get the flu and you're going to die. Especially for you old people. You know, it might be your time to die because you didn't have your flu shot. How horrible to say things like that. So we've got the fall cold. We've got the winter flu. We've got the springtime cold. We've got the summer. What? Well, I guess there's opportunities to be sick in every particular season that's out there. Abraham had no children, and he began speaking that he would be the father of a great nation. And before you know it, he has a son. Isaac comes along, and what does God do? Isaac is this joy within Abraham's life. And he says, now I want you to go out and I want you to offer your son before me. I want you to sacrifice him before me. Now, you know, some people might say, well, that's what sounds cultish. Boy, in, in, in Israel, in our Christian Judeo laws and rules that we've had and through the Bible, that sounds terrible that God would ask him to kill it. Listen, Abraham had so much confidence that God had answered his prayer and gave him a son that he knew if he was hearing God's voice, of which he knew he was, that even if he killed his son, God would raise him up because God had given a promise. See, we have to be that convinced that God will give us a promise. Now today, you don't have to ever think about that. Please don't go out saying, well, listen, son, 
everything's going good with us, but on the way home tonight, you say this, and you wouldn't want to say this in the car. But I want you to know, if God tells me to take you out and stick a knife in you, I'm going to do it. That's not going to happen because the ultimate sacrifice has been paid through Jesus Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. So don't go nuts about this. And don't let anybody say, oh, you've got that terrible religion where they just kill and cut up and all that kind of stuff. Thank God. As he took the knife and held it up, God said to him, Abraham. He said, don't kill him. Look behind you. And here's a ram caught in a thicket behind him. He says, now loose the boy. Think about the life lesson that taught that boy. Think about that young man having an opportunity to know that his father was obedient to God. It was going to shape Isaac's life all the way down through every decision that he would make in the future in his life because he had experienced that with his dad. Parents, share your faith with your kids. Share your prayer times with them. Share that we're believing for this. We're trusting God for that. It's going to build the faith of your kids. It's going to build the faith of your family to believe for things like this. God gives life to the dead, calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Look at verse 18. 18 through 20. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Not only are you going to be talking in faith if you're going to see your dreams begin to come around because in the natural they have not manifested yet, but you start speaking them, you start believing them, and then you start praising God that it's done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's done in the name of Jesus. There's things I'm believing God for in the next five years. There's things I'm believing God for in the next 10 years, the next 15 years, the next 20 years. If the Lord doesn't come back before then, there's things I'm trusting him for. There's things I'm believing so that when I'm an old man, I'm not just going to be a greeter at Walmart. Hey, Jesus loves you. Welcome to Walmart today. What? Oh, dentures are down that aisle. No, that's not going to be my plan. I believe with all my heart that God has a plan and a purpose for you. If Abraham was 100 years old and God said, I can still use you, God can use you. Anybody 100 in here today? Well, you bunch of young spring chickens, as my grandmother used to say. Hallelujah. God still has life and purpose for you. Something was going on, no weakness in his faith, but he was convinced that God would keep his word. Yeah, but pastor, I've prayed for things before and they haven't ever happened. Well, who's at fault, God or you and I? I believe that probably things lean more toward us because God said he'd keep his word. That means I need to develop my faith. I need to let my faith get stronger. The word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Every time you're in church, every time you're reading your Bible at home, every time you're encouraging yourself, every time you're speaking in faith, your faith is flexing its muscles so that when the next obstacle gets in your way, you don't get blown away. 
You don't quit just because it gets hard. You stand your ground believing with all your heart that God has a way. Verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. And we're the us that's here. Hallelujah. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who has delivered up who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. He took it all on the cross. Never, never, never discount the power of the cross. It is not only our symbol, but it is what we look at and are reminded that he is the resurrection. He is the life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, sometimes we can get around folks that aren't going to speak faith. Sometimes we can get around folks that are going to be very discouraging. Sometimes we're going to be around backslidden Christians. And maybe you're even going to have somebody in your family that's going to want to discourage you. Mm-hmm. Yep, they think it's their job to keep everything even. Years ago, I remember meeting a man when I was just a kid. And he was a guy, he was on a church board. And it just seemed like if everybody said something was green, he said it was red. <clears throat> and I'll never forget hearing him one time talking to a man. I was just a teenager, and I was listening to the conversation, wanting to learn from adults. And I remember one guy went up to this fellow, <clears throat> and uh, his first name was Bob. And they went up to him, and they were talking, and they said, Why are you always the one voice that doesn't find agreement with all the rest of us? He said, It's my job to be that voice that is not in agreement. Mom, you remember that? Do you remember? You know the guy I'm talking about. I mean, that was a long time ago, but yeah, I'll never forget overhearing that conversation and thinking to myself, so it's his job to be the one voice out there. He said, yep, because he said, I don't believe everybody should always be in agreement. There should be somebody out here sort of stirring the pot. Wow. Even if everybody else was right, he was always going to be the voice of opposition. Now, you probably have somebody in your family that way. You probably get around, folks, Thanksgiving's coming, and inside you're thinking, oh, Lord, when we get together, Uncle so-and-so's going to be here. He's so discouraging. You know, we could give a pep rally for him, and he would be upset. Get ready. Get your faith up there. Get encouraged by the Lord so that no matter who's trying to discourage you, you stand on the promises of God. Yeah, but pastor, I don't believe I'm supposed to get all of God's promises. Well, sure you are. Jesus paid for them. If he paid for them, they are yours. There are certain benefits of belonging to the family of God. Let's look over in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs chapter 13. Some people try to tell you, listen, you're too old to have new dreams. You're too far past. Let somebody else do it. I got to tell you something. No matter what your age is, God still has a purpose for you. If you're alive on this earth, God has kept you here for a reason. 
There's people that, got, that die every single day, some that are very old, some that are very young. Sometimes we don't understand why the very young ones seemingly die or different things that happen. But there is a time period for every one of us here on this earth. Look in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20 with me. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Now, of course, you know when it says wise men here, it's referring to mankind. So, ladies, this applies to you just the same. He who walks with wise people will be wise, and the companions of fools will be destroyed. Walking with wise people. Find folks that are going to be an encouragement to you. Now, I know it might be a little hard, but you can at least find somebody to be an encourager with you. Find someone who will be in agreement with the word of God, and they will be the one saying to you, come on, you can do this thing. Come on, get back up. I know you got knocked down, but it's time to get back up on this thing. Those are going to be people who will be dreamers too. But if you're surrounded by non-dreamers and you start to tell the story, oh boy, remember in Scripture? When the dreamer came out and said, I saw all the sun and the moon and the stars surrounding me, and they were all bowing down to me. And he starts to tell this story, and his brothers get mad at him. What, do you think you're greater than us? What? We're going to bow down to you? All right, let's dig a hole and put him in there. Let's take his coat of many colors and take it and dip it in blood from a sheep and make sure that we tell dad that he was killed and, and well, you know, we don't have to deal with him anymore. Who wants to be around this dreamer? You're going to get around some folks that don't want you to dream. In fact, if some of your dreams start coming true, man, they're going to be really upset. It's not fair. It's not fair that things like that happen to you. What about me? What about me? Listen, if God does something for one person, he will do it for another. He is no respecter of people. Hallelujah. Be that voice to encourage others and say, look, if God helped me on this, he'll help you. But you've got to dig into it. You've got to put your faith out there. You've got to begin to believe. Non-dreamers have a way of discouraging dreamers. Be careful who you tell your dream to. Listen to folks. Find out who's still a dreamer. And then find out who's not. Okay, I'm not going to tell them anything. I'll just smile. We can be friends. But I'm not going to tell you that God's told me I'm going to do blank. Because there'll be the voice of discouragement. Walk with wise people. You walk with fools, you're going to be destroyed. A yes person, now listen to this. A yes person is not always a wise person. Use the spirit inside you. There are some people, oh, yes, 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 yes. And they've not ever prayed about it. <laughs> there may be things you need to adjust along the way. Just because someone says to you, all right, all right, I, I hear that dream. I'm just going to keep praying about it. Just because they didn't look at you and say, yes, 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 doesn't mean they're in disagreement either. Thank God for people who come along our lives and say, we need to correct this. We need to fix this. We need to tighten this up. We need to loosen this up. Hallelujah. I'll never forget, as the building was being built, we have one of our main circuit breaker boxes in the back uh, furnace room by the youth room, and it feeds out to other circuit breaker boxes throughout the building. And uh, as the electricians were doing work in there at that time, they had a rule 
when you're working on something because, you know, the panel wasn't over it, here's all these wires coming in, exposed copper, all those kind of things that are hooking into the circuit breakers. And when you're done working on your section, you are supposed to put a tag on that saying, live wires, this part has been checked out, the other has not. And I'll never forget one of the guys had not tagged out. And I was standing in that back part of the building that particular day, and the gentleman who uh, was the electrician that we hired, he came in and he looked at that circuit breaker box, and he started yelling. Oh, my goodness. You know, and there was, believe me, it was just studs and some drywall up in this building at that point. They were pulling the wire through. And this guy started hollering. And he called his guys in there, and they were all standing there in the youth room. And he looked at him, and let me tell you, he wasn't always saying Christian words, okay? He was looking at him, he said, who was in here and forgot to put the blankety-blank-blank tag on that box? Nobody wanted to say a word. Finally, as he stood there, he said, I'm going to go to each one of you and stand in front of your face, and you're going to have to look me in the eye. And one guy said, it was me, it was me. He looked and he says, pack your bags up today. You're done working for me. And I asked him afterwards, I said, was he a good worker? He said, yeah, he was. But he said, if anybody else would have went in and didn't see what was good and what was bad or exposed or was not ready to be touched, someone could have been electrocuted by putting in the wrong tool into that box. Hmm. I imagine some folks could have said, it's not fair, it's not fair, he only made one mistake. You know, sometimes you only get one mistake. Sometimes one mistake costs a person their life. He knew his business, and he put together a good building for us. Please know this, some people say, don't get your hopes up. But I'm telling you this much right now, hope is step one to seeing faith manifest. Hope is step one. Hope, again, if you'll remember, hope, when we talked about it in the other sessions, hope are the dreams and aspirations. They're the someday possibilities out there. When you believe in a dream, when you believe in those things, it becomes faith. Now faith, the Bible says, is the substance of things, say it with me, hoped for. Oh, Hope is really important. But you know, some people say this, no, 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 don't get their hopes up because it's, you know, it might hurt their feelings. You know what? Lots of people get hurt feelings every day. Sometimes people get hurt each day. Go out in the parking lot and slam your hand in the door. It's going to hurt. Well, that's right. I wouldn't do that. Amen. But you know what? Sometimes people are busy. If you've got kids and you're loading them in the car, you're doing things. Have you ever found yourself trying to get everybody buckled in? Because you know how it is with all the regulations. You've got to keep your kids in the car seat until they're freshmen in high school. And, and all these things are going on. You're trying to do all the rest. And you turn and maybe you catch your purse for you ladies in the back of the door. And it jerks you forward. Or you trip over something. And you find yourself falling flat on your face. Should we have said, don't get up today? Should we have said, just stay in your bed? Oh, some days we'd like that, wouldn't we? <laughs> Amen. Call my house tomorrow and tell me to stay in bed, Pastor. <laughs> Everybody gets a free day tomorrow. Columbus had his, tomorrow is your day. 
and it's paid. Praise the Lord. Just call your boss and tell him we said it was paid for. <laughs> Isn't it strange how folks will say to people, oh, oh we don't want them to get hurt. Life is hard. Life has challenges. But if you don't ever get hope, you will never have faith. And faith is what makes it happen. Hallelujah. Boy, let's wrap up our time together here just a little bit further with the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Further back in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 6. And verse 13 through 15. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 through 15. Hebrews 6, verse 13. And when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise God gave him the promise that he was going to be a father of a great nation when he was a young man and now he sees it comes to pass as an old man now thank God for the things that materialize quickly but thank God for the things that we will see completed in our lifetime we have to know that God swore by himself. He put all of heaven on line. He took an oath, and he made a promise that he would not lie. Boy, that's powerful. Sometimes we all let each other down as people. Sometimes circumstances change in our lives, and we can't complete a project, and we promised we would do it. Sometimes people break promises for all kinds of multiple reasons out there. But the truth is, the more promises you keep, the more people will trust you, the more that you will trust them, and a relationship gets formed. God gave a promise to Abraham, and if he did it for Abraham, he will do it for you and I also. In the message version of the Bible, this last part when it says here he obtained the promise after he endured patiently, in the message version, it says he learned to stick it out. I like that phrase. No matter how many failures, no matter how many setbacks that come, keep bouncing back. Keep sticking it out. It's not always easy. It's not always popular to stick it out. In fact, you'll have people saying to you, you've done enough. You've done enough. Don't do this anymore. Well, thank God for Thomas Edison. After a thousand different ways of failing, making a light bulb, he found the right way. And when people would talk to him and say, well, why don't you just give up? That's probably not going to work. We just need to keep having lamps in each of our buildings and, and having gas or having kerosene there. And that's all that we can ever have. But he had a dream of having a filament that would have electricity going through it and lighting. How amazing. I've never been there, but I've heard that the original light bulb that he invented with the original filament inside of it was made with such powerful, well, uh, equipment, I guess you'd say. It's not like today, you know, you put a light bulb in and there's only certain expectation of it, that that original light bulb is still burning in the museum that they have that he had done his research in. Think about that. 
Today we get told we can't have incandescent lighting and you've got to buy the little fluorescent pigtail things. And don't you love it on the outside of the box? It says it will last for 28 years and you replace it after five. And it's supposed to make you feel good because they charge you more money for it. Boy, sounds like government to me, doesn't it? Doesn't make any sense. Cost more and it doesn't work. We've got to understand some things here. We've got to know that God is looking for people who will stick it out. He's looking for people who will use their faith. And those dreams that God gives you, even if that dream is to see every one of your children or grandchildren serving God, keep standing in faith believing. Even if it is believing for a different house or apartment or location, keep standing and believing. Even if it is for certain things that have been told to you and the doctors have said, listen, everybody in your family has this. It is a congenital issue. You're always going to deal with it. It will always be in your body. Begin to stand your ground saying, Lord, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I believe with all my heart that I am healed and whole and I will not have this thing hanging over me for the rest of my life. For you Cub fans out there, I imagine on Tuesday nobody was playing with goats on their farm. Now, first of all, I don't really believe that somebody put a curse on the Chicago Cubs. Some people think that that's a, a great idea and that that would be their excuse for why they haven't won for 108 years. Well, that's a long time, isn't it? But the simple fact is, there are real curses that are out there. Not silly things like that. There are curses that get spoken over families. And things that families accept and say, there's nothing I can do about that. Grandma died of breast cancer when she was this age. Her mother died at the same age. And when it comes to you, you're going to die the same way. That's just what happens in our family. That is a curse that has to be broken. The Bible says that a curse will be carried out through, down through the third generation. But it also promises us in the Old Testament that the curse can be reversed. And when people begin to stand in faith and believe, the curse will be broken, but the blessings will overtake the next seven generations. Isn't that just like our God? Not only does he double it, but he puts the whipped cream on top. Hallelujah. If the curse is three, God could have just said for the six generations, no, no, no. He said, I'm going for seven. There's blessings that are waiting for all of us. There's dreams that are in your heart. And for each of us, if we will hunger and thirst for God, we will see those dreams come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, every year when I start talking to businessmen at this time of year about giving money toward toys for the kids down at the Oasis and things like this, I, I never have a problem talking to them about it because, first of all, the toys aren't for me. And I can share with them what we can do. We want to make sure that every kid has three toys. And how do we ever start something like that? How do you know? Uh, when we take names down at the Oasis, we usually take a certain amount of names from what we'd had the year before, and, and then we add to it. Well, how are we going to do it? I'm just believing that God will provide the money for it. That God will do what he needs to do. Hallelujah. And God has never let us down. He is more than enough. Use your faith. 
Use it for you personally, but use it for everybody else. You ladies that were here last Saturday night and you were praying for missionaries and the missionary wives that are out there, use your faith for them. Listen, they can't run down to the 7-Eleven every time they need something. They can't just go to this place or that place for convenience. They can't just get their car worked on at the dealership that might be miles and miles and miles and miles away. Get your faith out there and pray for them. Believe God for each of them. And together, let's see these dreams come to pass. Oh, we're about out of time. I've got to give you one more scripture. I, I can't finish tonight without it. We're going to pass uh, Philippians and jump over to Psalms, if you would. Psalms 101. Hallelujah. Psalms 101 and verse 3. I have to share this with you tonight because it puts it all in perspective. Verse 3 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Now notice it does not say that you hate people who fall away in their faith. If anything, let's have pity. Let's pray for them. Let's try to throw them a lifeline. Let's try to help them get back up. But look what he goes on and says here. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. You need to be careful that you don't put unbelief before your eyes. You need to be careful what other kind of influences are coming in through the eye gate into your life. I hate the work of those who fall away. There are people every day that walk away from the Lord because of blank. And the blank can be anything. I, I'm not going to go back to that church because people didn't notice I have a new hairdo. I think it looks beautiful. And I don't know why they don't like this color of umber that's in my hair. You know what? They're probably just all being nice and trying to ignore it because you look ridiculous. Nobody wanted to say anything. Nobody spoke to me about it, so I'm offended. I'm not going back to church. You know, people get offended over crazy things like that. Hmm. I hate the work of those who fall away. Don't let offense, don't let something else, don't let another issue, don't let a sin, don't let this or that get in the way to try to discourage you. Don't let those things stop you from saying, boy, if they couldn't make it, I surely can't make it. Just because someone stumbled doesn't mean they're not going to get back up. Remember the heroes of faith all through Scripture? Some of them really did some bad things, and yet they repented and called out to God, and God could still use them. Sometimes they had to, boy, they had to make some backtracking in their life. Sometimes they had to fix some stuff that had been messed up. Other times they just repented and they went on. There was a scar that was there, but God could still use them. It's different for everybody. But the last part, it shall not cling to me. Do not let unbelief cling to you. If you're standing and believing for something and you hear of someone who died of the same thing that you're fighting right now, don't let that cling to you. You're not that person. You are you. Believe what the word of God has to say.
Hallelujah. Honey, would you come on up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes people are just under severe attack. Other times, sometimes sin can open us up to problems that are out there. Don't condemn folks. Be patient. Be hungry to help. Be ready to stand in the gap and pray and believe for them. And let's trust God. Will you all stand with me? Hallelujah. And I'd like you tonight just to be able to close your eyes and to cross your arms uh, uh, right, right across your chest there. Just cross your arms, grab onto the other arm on the other side here, just like you're holding yourself. Hallelujah. Father, just like Abraham, when he was dealing with God, God gave him a promise and could swear by no greater than himself. So in the name of Jesus, we have the word of God tonight. We have the promises of the Lord, and we stand upon these promises. We will not be discouraged. We will not give in. We will not stop dreaming. But Lord, I ask that there will be new dreams in the heart of every person here, that every person will be encouraged that no matter if it seems like they've hit a plateau, they're not going to stop. It's time to keep going on. It's time to climb that mountain. It's time to climb that mountain and the next mountain and the next mountain and the next mountain and the next mountain. And until Jesus comes back, we will not stop climbing. Hallelujah. We may get knocked down, but we're jumping back up. Hallelujah. We will not let a curse try to control us, but we will be held up by the promises of our God. Jesus became a curse on the cross for us so that we could be a blessing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We refuse to let anything hold us back and for the purposes of God to increase like never before. Renew our mind. Help us to stand with wise people. Help us to know that we've got to be stronger than the fools that are around us or else we've got to just get away from them until our strength is up. Praise the Lord. Let us be so strong that we can go out and be around anybody and it doesn't phase us because we're full of the word of God and we will not be moved from God's promises. We love you, we praise you, and we give you glory tonight. You're our healer, our provider, and the king of kings. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said amen. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.